1: you know what no intro music this week because i just want to get this over with as fast as humanly possible uh what's going on everybody larry d back for the week 12 review episode of the chicago bears review i apologize for my tardiness uh for those of you who follow me on facebook you saw my little announcement yesterday about basically how uh i needed a weekend to recover from my long weekend so going to work and getting back home from work was about uh all I was up for yesterday, I, I was in bed by eight o'clock last night. That's how uh, worn out I was uh, from the weekend. So again, I apologize for the tardiness, even though this is, this is not a game that, uh, you know, you want to savor and talk about and think about and, and everything. And on the other hand, it it wasn't a Packers debacle where things just broke down and went to pieces uh, in front of us in a game that we actually had a chance in or or anything like that. So I mean, the mostly the game was boring. It was immensely boring because e- even though the Eagles made a ton of mistakes, they had a lot of penalties, uh, turned the football over a few times. Um, it didn't matter at all. Dominated thirty-one to three by the Eagles, uh, and um, you'll hear me talk about it in the knee-jerk reaction. Uh, like you can see the difference between what nine and one looks like and what three and seven looks like. Uh, you know, in the even in the first quarter. Uh, And you'll also notice that as the game goes along, the knee-jerk reactions get shorter. The first quarter knee-jerk reaction is almost three minutes long. The fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction is 34 seconds long. It might be the shortest one I've ever recorded. So, um, you know, it it, it was a disaster of a football game. Uh, The first quarter was interesting. You know, the Bears played them tough, um, you know, and, and, and did what they could. But in the second quarters, when it all unraveled, the third quarter there were no points. But the Eagles took it to us, and then in the third, in the fourth quarter, they just you know put us out of our misery. And, you know I'm gonna talk about something that I especially did not like in the fourth quarter when we get to it. But uh, let's just go ahead and uh, dive right into it. The first quarter knee jerk reaction. Uh, like I said, it's the longest one of the four. It's the only one that expresses any kind of hope before everything falls apart in the second quarter. Yep. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Eagles after the first quarter. And um, you can definitely see the disparity between the two teams, which one is 9-1 and one and which one is 3-7. and seven. However, um, the Bears are playing them tough. Um, if we can just get something going on offense, we can turn this into a uh, into a football game. I mean, the the touchdown that the Eagles were able to put on the board was a combination of um, bad field, you know, a good great field position for the Eagles after a bad Pat O'Donnell punt. Uh, punt. Shanked it off his foot. It was only good for about 34 yards. Gave the Eagles the football inside the like right around the 40 yard line. Um, the Eagles were went for it on fourth and one and were able to convert. And then in a you know on, on a in a bad back to back play series, uh, Kyle Fuller gives Alshon Jeffrey about nine yards cushion on third and eight. And wouldn't you know it, uh, Jeffrey's wide open on third down and catches it, converting it. For a first down in the very next play, Carson Wentz uh, finds Zach Ertz wide open down the middle of the field for a touchdown to make it 7 nothing. In that sequence of plays, the Eagles made it look easy. Uh, on offense, it has not been pretty. Um, you know, again, and, and granted, the Eagles probably one of the better defenses we'll face all year. But they can see us coming. They know everything that we're doing, and it's not because they're that freaking talented, okay? All credit in the world due to the Eagles. They're a 9-1 football team. They don't make a lot of mistakes, but they are there before the Bears get there. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it looks like out there. However... um, you know, we had our opportunities. The Bears have forced a couple of turnovers. Uh, one crazy play. Um, it was a, a bobbled throw, like a, a ricocheted pass off the hands of Dontrell Inman, picked off by the Eagles. Deion Sims, huge heads-up play, rips the ball out. The Bears recover. So what was going to be an interception ends up being like a 15-yard gain for the Bears. And that that drive stalled out. Then... Um, the Bears got uh, the Eagles pinned back on their own end zone. First play from scrimmage, handed off to LeGarrette Blunt who breaks it for what would have been like a 30-plus yard run, except for uh, Adrian Amos ripping the ball out of his hands. The Bears force a fumble and uh, get the ball back. Uh, as they get ready to start the second quarter here, the Bears 27 yards of total offense uh, in the first quarter. That's just to give you an indication. But they're only down 7 to nothing. so... You know, let's see if we can uh, do something else here. Uh, the Eagles have the ball around midfield, and they have a seven nothing lead. Well, seven nothing quickly became fourteen to nothing, and then seventeen to nothing, and then twenty four to nothing just before uh, the end of the first half. Um, the 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 plays the, the, that gain that I talked about, the the interception, it was it was off the hands of another receiver. I think it was either Inman or, or McBride, one of the two flew out off their hands into the waiting arms of the defender, Deion Sims rakes the ball. And like I said, what would have been an interception uh, turnover you know, for the Eagles in good field position ended up being a 15-yard gain. Ironically, um, I know that probably didn't count on the stat sheet as far as the yards that were gained because of the, the turnover, but uh, that was probably the biggest play the Bears had uh, in the first quarter as far as movement down the field because when you gain 27 yards uh, of offense in, in, in a quarter, um, there's not a lot going on there. I mean the final stats are horrendous and we'll talk about those uh, in a minute. but um, you know like I said, in in the first quarter they they it was it was tough. The Bears were playing them tough you know they were they were stopping the run and everything and they just like towards the end of the first quarter, like that big LeGarrette blunt run that we were able to flip thanks to Adrian Amos into a turnover and 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 you know uh I think that's when cairo Santos attempted his first field goal it was a 54 yard attempt so I mean it would have been awesome if he made it but he he bootsed it uh boosted. it boosted it, it, I'm just making up words now he just um, uh pooched it just to the right of the of the upright so it's a little wide right but he kept it into the same zip code uh, as the uh goal post so it wasn't that bad of a miss and it was from 54 yards out so His next field goal attempt, which I think was in the third quarter, was perfect. Straight down the middle, you know, plenty of distance, what have you. Um, So at least he knows where the ball is supposed to go. And hopefully that that clutch kicker that he was in Kansas City is more of the the guy that we'll see against San Francisco and throughout the rest of uh, 2017. So um, that was about it in the first quarter. Uh, The second quarter, it was much worse. Uh, Not only did, you know, uh, not only did Philadelphia triple uh, their lead uh, going from 7 to 24, um, the Bears were even worse on offense as if that were even possible. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter, the Bears and the Eagles, and um, the little mistakes that the Bears were getting away with in the first quarter, they are paying dearly for in the second quarter. It's 24 to nothing here at halftime. of seven yards in the second quarter because you remember at the end of the first quarter knee-jerk reaction I said the Bears had 27 yards of offense at the end of the first quarter. Well, they have 34 Going into halftime. They have zero first downs compared I think 15 for the Eagles and it's 24 to nothing the Bears haven't turned the football over or anything like that But it has all been self-inflicted wounds when I did the preview show I said the the Bears just had to do one thing, you know. I didn't break it down into, you know, several levels. Pressure wins, run the football, blah, 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 this and that. They had to be perfect in order to beat this team. They had to be perfect, and they are anything but uh, at this point. Prince of Mukamura has two defensive holding penalties that have extended drives that resulted in points uh, for the Eagles. Carson Wentz is throwing the football all over the place. Uh, they're running the ball in big chunks, and we are doing nothing uh, on the offensive side. It is the run-run-pass strategy uh, again. So, And when you're down 17, run-run-pass isn't going to work, so uh like i said 24 to nothing going into the half we do start with the football and we're all praying for a miracle but praying was all that we could do on sunday and after you know after watching the second quarter we weren't praying for a miracle so much as we were just praying for it to be over um you know this is the bear's second consecutive embarrassing trip uh to the link and um the last one was on national tv on Sunday night football, when the Bears, if they beat Philadelphia that night, clinch the division, they go to the playoffs in year one of the Mark Tressman era. However, we lose fifty-four to eleven, and uh, you know it was an embarrassing uh, disaster from the beginning, uh, literally from like the first play. It was just awful, and then uh, in this one, it, there was more of a slow burn to the disaster. The first quarter was a bit more competitive than I think people thought it might be. Uh, with it only being seven, nothing, and what have you, but uh, in the second quarter the floodgates opened. Um, like I said, they they could see us coming. No matter what it was we were trying to do, there was always an Eagles defender there to prevent it from happening. Whether it be uh, you know anything that that uh, that Trubisky tried to do, he was a uh, like 11 of 33 or something like that on Sunday. Hold on, excuse me, 17 of 33. So just. Just better than 50%. 147 yards and two interceptions. No touchdowns, obviously. Uh, He was also, sadly, our leading rusher in the game. Four carries for 12 yards on Sunday. Jordan Howard, seven carries for six yards. It was an effective use of the third leading rusher in football. Benning Huntingham had one carry for negative one. And Tariq Cohen had two carries for negative 11. So the bears ran the ball a grand total of 14 times for six yards on sunday that's a top 10 rushing football team right there so and and again it it really like like i said all due respect all due credit to the eagles they're 10 and 1 they're they're legit they are legit contenders right here uh right now but uh they weren't that good it's just they were we were that bad um it just it was a it was another embarrassing road loss uh for the bears um you know in the third quarter with even without putting points on the board the eagles thoroughly dominated the bears yet again uh still didn't have any first downs or or was it late in the third quarter that we finally, I forget it was like it was deep into the second half before the bears got their first first down of the game i don't remember if it happened late in the third quarter or early in the fourth one of the two um but it was um yeah it wasn't good it was it was it was disgusting uh to watch but i mean at the same time it's what i said it was going to be um you know unfortunately my prophecy was not fulfilled uh my my 43 minute uh profanity lace tirade after the packer game said the bears would lose to lose embarrassingly to Detroit which we did but we would go on the road and win a game we had no business winning in Philadelphia well we did the exact opposite we lost the game that we were supposed to lose in grand fashion uh to the uh to the eagles uh on sunday so i mean in the third quarter um was just more of an indication uh the, the eagles weren't able to put any points on the board and, uh, you know, I think even the Bears got a field goal. I think Santos kicked one in the third quarter. But, um, you know, nonetheless, a 24 to 3 deficit um, might as well have been 2400 uh, to 3 with the way the Bears are playing uh, on offense. And just, you know, another embarrassing display uh, by this team that, that's, that's won three games. And sometimes you wonder how we even did that uh, with the way that they played on Sunday. It was just ineptitude across the board and uh you know it's it's getting hard to watch it really really is knee-jerk reaction the bears and the eagles after three quarters it's 24 to 3 so the bears added a field goal but very little else i mean uh, the bears finally accomplished getting their first couple of first downs uh, in the football game, and the, the Eagles are still dominating even though they didn't put up any points uh, in this quarter. I mean, it's it's just been a, 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 a testament of the Bears just being a half second too late for just about everything. Uh, I mean, we're putting really, really good pressure uh, on Wentz. But we're just getting there a half second too late. It's, it's always just enough time for Wentz to get the pass off. And, of course, the guy that he's throwing to is wide open. And, I mean, it just happened on the very last play of of third down. We rushed four guys. We collapsed the pa- the, collapsed the pocket all over Wentz. But he has just enough time to find Zach Ertz wide open for a big gain and a first down to close out the quarter. So, um, it has been total domination uh, by the Eagles. Uh, the stat sheet is going to be more than ugly uh, for this football game. But, um, this is kind of what we expected. You know, I said that it was either going to be uh, either the Eagles were going to kill the Bears or the Bears were going to win in a close game. Well, this game is anything but close, and the Eagles are, in fact, killing us. So it's 24-3. to 3. We go into the fourth quarter, and hopefully these 15 minutes go by quick so we can get this over with and move on to San Francisco next weekend yep. and uh they did go by relatively quick um just one more touchdown added by the eagles which just kind of seemed to pour salt into the wound uh and i'll go ahead and t- i allude to it in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction don't blink or you'll miss it it's about 34 seconds long um so hell with it i'll just go ahead and play before you and, and we'll, we'll talk about it yep. knee-jerk reaction to the bears and the eagles uh, the Eagles add a touchdown that can only happen uh, against the Bears uh, to go up 31 to three. The Bears were driving in garbage time there, towards the end of the football game, before a uh, Trubisky uh, interception put an end to that and put mercilessly an end to this uh, football game. So the Bears fall to three and eight, and we get ready for the 49ers. Next Sunday in Soldier Field. Yeah. yeah, no need to elaborate. But that touchdown, that was uh, that was uh, unintentional comedy at its best, right there. Uh, Jai, who has been a, a great addition for the uh, Eagles, did not have a good game uh, against the Bears. I mean, statistically, it probably wasn't all that bad. But uh, let's see, Jai. Ajay... That's not right. Oh, there's there's the rushing. I was Jay Ajay, five carries. 26 yards. Now, it's it's that's not great, but um, you know, Lagarett Blunt had 97 yards rushing. Uh, Clement, their other running back, 27 yards rushing. Wentz, five scrambles for 29 yards. But uh, Jay Ajay fumbled the ball like two or three times uh, on Sunday. Uh, let's see, Ajay he fumbled it more than once. That that doesn't sound right. But um, anyway, on that particular play, Jay Ajay who had not been having a good day running the ball against the Bears, breaks one, and he's off to the races. He's going to score. He gets caught from behind and fumbles the football, and uh, it's recovered in the end zone, I believe, by Nelson Aguilar, uh, former first-round pick uh, for the Eagles. Uh, recovers it in, in the end zone, and because it wasn't uh, like – because it's – I think the rules inside of two minutes or fourth down, uh, your teammate can advance or recover a fumble that's been advanced. Uh, you know, so he got caught at about the five yard line or so the ball comes flying out and, uh, there's a scrum for the football and it's Nelson Aguilar from the Eagles that catches up to it before anybody in a bear uniform can and, uh, touchdown Eagles, you know, just like that. It's, it's 31 to three, you know, to have, uh, it was, uh, Levant, uh, Craven LeBlanc that made the play, uh, made the tackle on, on a giant. and Then actually they showed in a replay while he was on the ground, he, held on to a foot so that he would not be able to, uh, go after, uh, the ball. Like he literally held him around the ankle so he could not advance and get after the, the football. Uh, unfortunately it was like then three Eagles to one bear. I think Timu or John Timu would have been the first bear to get there, but he was behind like two other Eagles, uh, Nelson Aguilar being the first to get there for the, uh, for the touchdown or the fumble recovery slash touchdown, uh, that, um, you know, was icing on the cake, the nail in the coffin, if you will, uh, for the Eagles. So, you know, the the thing that I disliked the most uh, in this football game happened in the fourth quarter when uh, we kept trotting Trubisky back out there, and um, I didn't I didn't like that at all. I mean, I know the kid, I know the kid needs reps, but the game was over. It was well in hand for the Eagles at that point. Why not just throw Glennon out there and, and let him earn some of that money he's been stealing from the Bears since Week Five? So uh, you know, let's let's have him take the beating if there is one to be had out there, or maybe give the guy a few snaps to show the rest of the NFL that uh, hey, maybe this guy can play for you next year because he's not going to earn fourteen million for the Bears next year. That's for damn sure. Um, so uh, you know, I didn't like that uh, we left uh, Trubisky in there at the end of the at the end of the game. You know, and I know that, that Fox would probably chalk it up to, well, you know, getting some experience and you know running the two-minute drill there towards the end of the, the football game right before he threw the interception. Two, as a matter of fact, he threw one that was overruled and reversed and called an incomplete pass, and another one that actually did count uh, and ended the uh, football game. So um, you know, uh, the, the you know, I was not happy seeing Trubisky uh, trot it out there. Um, he was only sacked twice, but there was a lot of pressure and it just, it just didn't make sense for him to be out there at all, you know, to, to, to risk the injury or, or risk something happening in, in a meaningless game at a meaningless point of the football game when it's far out of reach. And, you know, only the most epic of miracles would, would, uh, you know, the bears made any kind of comeback in that football game. So I was not a fan at all of the fact that, uh, Trubisky was still out there. Um, when we're, especially after the Eagle scored that last touchdown, now we're down 28 and Trubisky is still out there, you know, dropping back, throwing passes and, and all the rest of that stuff. I just didn't, uh, you know, it was just stupid. And then, um, you know, fast forward to Monday at Hallis hall, and there's a huge shouting match between some of the players, uh, in the hallway. Now, neither of the players, none of the players have been identified, um, but it just reeks of the frustration, and uh, it also it also reeks uh, similarly of uh, the the beginning of the end for Mark Trestman. Um It's happened a little bit later on in the season than it did for him. With Tressman. that that shouting match that people could hear from outside. The reporters are standing outside the locker room waiting to go in, and they hear the team you know hollering and, and screaming back and forth at each other. Uh, in the locker room that was week seven or something like that Uh, in 2014 here it is week 12 but a shouting match in Hallis hall you know the game has been over for 24 hours the day you know that it's behind you now you know by that point in the day they was most likely watched film to review the game and it's done it's over with they're moving on to san francisco but instead instead they still have this this huge shouting match whoever it was I think some bear fans are out here taking bets trying to find out who it was. You know, I'm, I got money on Kyle long, to be honest with you. He seems like he'd likes to mix it up. So, um, you know, and he's a vocal guy too. So no detriment whatsoever. I just think that, you know, if there's a shouting match to be had, Kyle long's in the middle of it. So, but, um, you know, it just, uh, it reeks the beginning of the end for, for Fox, something I'm sure that none of us has an issue with, uh, at this point. But, um, you know, I'm 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 just not liking how this is going to unfold. I mean, again, I've been saying this for a while now, for a few weeks now, even before, even before the the bye week. This is the section of the year we were looking forward to. Um, you know, I, I said all along that uh, that Eagles game didn't look forward to that one. Not only is it on the road, but the Eagles were awesome, and uh, so that one's probably not going to be pretty. But every other game on the on the second half. Even the Vikings game is, is kind of emerging as a possibility now with the way that uh, the Vikings are kind of running away with the division. They could be taking the week off to get ready for the uh, for the playoffs. So the Bears might have a chance to steal one there. But, you know, we, we looked terrible against Green Bay. We, we fell flat on our faces against Detroit. We never even showed up for the Philly game. And this coming Sunday, we've got the 49ers now much like last season when these two teams meet at the exact same point in the season for the third year in a row um, there are few teams in the league worse than the bears the 49ers are one of them and not just by record either they're one in, one in 10 coming into this one uh, on sunday uh, the other the, the the thing that makes me nervous about it is this is going to be the first start for Jimmy Garoppolo on sunday they just announced it today Roppolo's going to start against the Bears on Sunday. And that's all we need right now. The way this defense is playing, um, you know, it's like we never – like our swan song was the Carolina game because we played New Orleans tough, but that's where we started to see some of the, you know, a little kink in the armor on that one where we just kind of started making mistakes again, and then the break comes, and then we just don't show up at all against Green Bay. Detroit has their way with us, and then Philly was just – you know, that was an exercise in futility is all that turned out to be. And here we have the 49ers. We're one of the worst teams in the league. Next week, we got Cincinnati. Then we got Detroit again. And, um, you know, then we got Cleveland, the only other team in the league worse than the Bears. And then we close out with with Minnesota. This was supposed to be a stretch where the Bears could have turned three and five into eight and eight. You know, seven and nine, eight and eight. You know that was a possibility. Looking at the schedule and the way that we played, pretty much everyone tough in the first half of the season. Uh, you know, minus the first Green Bay game and the Tampa Bay games were abominations. But they th- those were also under Mike Lennon's watch. We looked pretty efficient, pretty good when Trubisky took over. We looked motivated and you know inspired and what have you. We haven't seen any of that in this third quarter of the season, you know, the third quarter gets, uh, closed out on Sunday, uh, with the 49ers and we're in danger of starting the second half of this quote unquote, easy stretch in the schedule. 0 and four. And, um, (laughs) I just don't see how, I just don't see how John Fox still has a job on Monday. If we lose on Sunday, I, I can't even fathom how it would still be possible. Um, it just wouldn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, that is like, what's the point? What is the point? This is what we're going to do anyway. So just get rid of him. Just let him go now. Let him go now. Let Fangio finish out the rest of the year uh, for us. I don't care. Just just let's just do it. Why not? It's it's clearly with, you know, the shouting match in the middle of Hollis Hall where reporters can hear it. Uh, not a good sign of togetherness uh, within the within the organization with, you know, with the team. Um, but I did read something earlier tonight that kind of made me sad, if you will, that, um, you know, there, it was a, a rumor mill type, uh, article that, um, don't, uh, hold your breath for Fox getting fired early. Um, because, um, the reason that that wouldn't happen is because Fangio would be the most likely candidate to finish out the season as the interim head coach, but, Fangio does not factor into the future plans of Ryan Pace according to this article. I think it was in Pro Football Weekly if you want to try to look it up. Um basically saying that um, you know you would only do that if you were maybe auditioning the guy or maybe even you know considering him as a head coaching candidate for 2018. Apparently the list that Ryan Pace and the rest of the front office have Vic Fangio's not on it as far as being a probable head coach. And we all know that it's probably not likely that Vic Fangio will return, uh, if he isn't even considered as a head coach. So, um, take that for what you will. Um, I don't know who the candidates are. Um, I've been hearing rumors. I don't like a lot of them, to be honest with you. Um, the, the rumors about, um, the defensive coordinator from new England, uh, Patricia or the, or Josh McDaniels, um, from the, from New. I don't want any new England assistant coach, not one. And I'll tell you why, because there's no such thing as a bill Belichick coaching tree. Um, Charlie Weiss, Eric Mangini, Romeo Cronell, even Josh McDaniels the first time around, anytime that they strike out on their own, they crash and burn. Okay. It's, Belichick's the steam that drives the engine there. When they're with Belichick, they're geniuses. They're the top assistants in the league when they try to go out on their own not so much and um, you know, we, we've had enough of that we've had enough of crashing and burning um, you know, F- Tressman was a failed experiment um, John Fox was was thought to be a move in the right direction that just didn't work out it just didn't work out and um, you know, we, we can't this, you know, I, I don't want either one of those coordinators, not neither one of them. I don't even want them interviewed. I don't even want a possibility those guys could be uh, with us. That's not what I want. So the, the, neither one of those guys because it's it's not gonna work either it's an automatic failure if we hire one of those guys because um, you know like I said, there's no such thing as a Bill Pellicick coaching tree. Anyone that has gone anywhere uh, from New England or anything like that, You know, I think the most successful guy might be Bill O'Brien. He had a couple of good years in Penn state before he took over, uh, with the Houston Texans, but that's not exactly going swimmingly at this point. So, you know, there it's, it's, it's not, uh, it, it won't work out. I guarantee it. So just take McDaniels and Patricia off the list. I don't, I don't want them. So anyway, um, no bear ups this week. Surprise, surprise. And, uh, I'm not going to waste my breath on bare downs. I mean, I just give one to the whole team. I mean, we were just uh, disgraceful the whole game. Six yards rushing for the offense, 147 yards passing, and, and oh, that's all we did in the fourth quarter was pass the football, and we got 147 yards to show for it. Ridiculous. So anyway, like I said, bear down to the whole team, the coaching staff, uh, everybody, everybody involved with this game on Sunday. Bear down to everyone, so. Um, Just pitiful performance from the whole team. So anyway, I think I'm done. Um, We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, Tracy Sandler, the 49ers fangirl, will be back with us um, to help preview this game between the Bears and the 49ers. Maybe she can help us uh, talk about uh, Garoppolo. He did get into the game on Sunday against Seattle and then threw a touchdown pass, so... We have that to look forward to if he's out there slinging touchdowns already for an offense that can't really score points. So that should be interesting. And, uh, you know, see what else we can uh, muster up when we uh, get her on the line uh, on Thursday. So come back as we preview week 13 for the third year in a row. It's the Bears and 49ers in Soldier Field. Look it up. It's true. So uh, anyway, until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Chicago Bears Review.